social conversations. This particular social conversation is one I think we all need to be listening up to because uh, Ford Awareness Week will be beginning on the 14th of November. And it's a week where, you know, we need to be aware of risks that include theft, fraud, corruption, money laundering and cyber crimes and make sure that no individual or organization falls victim. At least let's have enough knowledge to arm ourselves. We are joined on the line by Zakir Mohammed, who's head of corporate investigation and forensics at CMS South Africa. Zakir, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Patricia, and thank you very much for having me on your show. I know it's very important for us uh, to always be clued up when it comes uh, to fraud, uh, theft, and corruption. But why is Fraud Awareness Week so important? I think Fraud Awareness Week is so important because it's just a massive reminder for all organizations globally to take stock of how we are dealing with the fraud risks that we're facing in our organizations. I think you've made the point that fraud is something that we need to be cognizant of all the time, but we get so busy living our lives, running our businesses, etc., that we sometimes um, forget to, to, mit- to mitigate the risks of um, fraudulent incidents from occurring in our business. And so this is a time of the year where it's just a huge reminder to organizations to take stock and, and, and to introspect and see what are we doing to mitigate the risk of incidents of fraud and other commercial crime uh, affecting our businesses. And so from that perspective, it's a huge awareness campaign globally. Um, so that organizations can really, really um, implement stronger measures um, if they haven't implemented any measures to start giving thought to what measures they should implement um, to mitigate the risk of commercial crime affecting their respective businesses. I think uh, for corporates, but also for us as individuals, the consumer, because at, at, at most times we will be pinched where, you know, it hurts the most when it comes to such uh, crimes, especially when it comes to cyber crimes. So perhaps let, let's start off by explaining some of the, you know, the not so risky things that we should be looking out for versus the higher or medium um risk factors that are out there when it comes to fraud, especially as the festive season approaches? Yeah, I think um, that there's so many things to be cognizant of, and it almost feels as though one is, is, is under attack from all sides. But I think when it comes to, to individuals in particular, because I think a lot of times when it comes to cybercrime, a lot of individuals in our country have been affected by cybercrime, and there's, there's you know, some, some sort of key tips or red flags that individuals need to look out for, and which often I find that individuals don't pay particular attention to. And one of those is receiving emails or SMSs from unknown sources and clicking links on these emails. And often these emails come with a sense of urgency, or in some instances there's a promise of a huge reward. You know, if you click on the link in this email, you're going to win a massive competition. And so people, you know, fall victim to that kind of scheme and they end up losing their, or they end up um, disclosing their highly sensitive personal details to fraudsters and then they end up becoming victims of bank account fraud schemes and the like. And so that, that's a key one or one that's top of mind for me when it comes to cybercrime for individuals. When it comes to organizations, you know, obviously cybercrime is also a huge risk. And so 
the organizations need to ensure that they've got the necessary cybersecurity controls in place. But a lot of times they fail to educate employees um, on certain red flags to look out for. And then also in the finance divisions in a lot of organizations, they need to pay attention to whether they've got enough checks and balances to ensure that the payments that are being made in the or from the organization are being are legitimate payments and that there's no fraudulent payments that are being made um, and funds misappropriated. And so these are just a few basic examples of areas that both individuals and corporates need to be cognizant of because a lot of the simple frauds um, have occurred through these means. A-teamers, we're speaking to Zakir Mohammed, and we're looking at uh, some tips around uh, fraud and uh, theft, especially those that happen around this time of the year. I'd love to hear from you. What tips do you have for us as A-teamers in order to be able to secure the income and uh, the possessions that we have at this time of the year? 011-714-2006 is the number to dial, or you can send us a WhatsApp on 06 one four one zero four one zero seven. So, Karen, now, in, in, you know, when we look at this particular season, a lot of people who are involved in stock fills and and the likes would usually go to the bank to withdraw a huge sum of money, and they'd end up not getting home or to the people that they work with at. Uh, you know, in in one piece, the money will be gone. How can we protect ourselves from people who are fishing for those who are withdrawing huge sums of money at uh, the bank? Yeah, I think the the key thing is to always, always be vigilant. Um, You know, don't do anything spur of the moment. Be very careful who you're sharing information with. We live in an age of technology, and as much as we rely on technology, and technology is very useful for us, we as individuals have become quite vulnerable to our use of technology. And so my key tip for any individual out there is to be vigilant and remain vigilant at all times. And also, if you're going to the bank to withdraw large sums of money, be very, very careful. Um, you know, don't, you know, be wary of your surroundings, be wary of what it is that you're doing. Also, try not to, you know, uh, withdraw money at, at late hours of the evening and that sort of thing. Um, you know, be cognizant of that kind of thing. Be vigilant when you're driving home as well. You know, look in your rearview mirror, just take notice of whether you feel like you're being followed, whatever the case may be. Um, so a few examples of, of being vigilant, but at the same time, if get a random call from, you know, somebody purporting to be from an organization, don't disclose your details off the bat. You shouldn't be disclosing your personal information telephonically because, remember, you don't know who it is that you're speaking to on the other side of the phone. And so be very wary of that. You know, sometimes it's a useful tip if you, if you feel that you're getting a call from an individual who's purporting to be from a financial institution or a bank um, and you know, you, you, you've you got certain red flags that are raised or something in your gut field says that something's not right. Don't share your personal information. Rather, hang up the call and phone that financial institution independently of the call that you, that you receive. So sometimes it takes a little bit of diligence and doing a little bit of homework to protect yourself. But it, it really does go a long way to protecting yourself from becoming a victim of these kinds of things. And I think you mentioned, you know, stock dogs, and it, it, it brings to mind... You know, a lot of schemes that individuals fall victim to it. Um, you know, for lack of a better word, I'll, I'll call it these get-rich schemes, uh, you know, where people are asked to invest certain money um, in some sort of 
business type venture, etc., with the promise of great rewards. And I always say that if something seems too good to be true, then it probably is. You know, um, you're not going to necessarily become an instant millionaire by, you know, investing 10,000 or 20,000 in, in some sort of scheme that says that, you know, in six months you're going to pay out 500,000 rand or something to that effect. You're very, very wary when it comes to those kind of schemes because a lot of people um, have become victim to those kinds of pyramid and Ponzi type schemes, etc. And I think, Patricia, you're quite right that this time of this type of or this time of of year, a lot of people do fall victim to these kinds of schemes because people do want to get more money for the holidays. They want to take their families for holidays. They want to buy lots of Christmas presents over the festive season. And so there's a little bit of financial pressure that people are facing this time of year. And so if they find that there might be some opportunity for them to make with money, they then end up falling victim to these kinds of commercial crimes. Now, how do you, especially the big corporations, even a small to medium-sized corporation, start developing a culture of zero tolerance to fraud and other irregular activities? Yeah, so I think there's, there's quite a lot um, that businesses can do. And at CMS, we always advise our clients, you know, when you when you want to tackle fraud risk, you know, you don't have to do something unnecessarily complex. What it basically entails is do a risk assessment. Understand all the different areas of your business, whether you're a small business or a big business. Look at the various risk areas in the business. The one would be the finance function. Understand what risks you might face in your finance function. Look at your IT function. Understand what risks you face there. Look at your procurement function. Understand what commercial crime risks you face there. Once you've assessed all these different areas of your business and you understand what risks are faced, you'll be able to implement appropriate measures uh, and control systems to mitigate the particular risks that you identify. The other benefit is that you'll be able to focus your energy and your attention on high-priority risks so that you use your resources efficiently. And then once you've got your systems in place and once you've got your controls in place, you need to then think about educating employees in the business about the various risks that they face. Because a lot of times uh, corporations fall victim to commercial crime because of employee user behavior. And so employee education is quite important. Organizations should also think about having a whistleblower mechanism in place. And a lot of the methods that we have done at CMS, we found that... um, a lot of frauds have been uncovered by whistleblowers who have come forward and said, look, I noticed certain red flags and certain things weren't, uh, didn't seem right to me and so I'm raising this concern. And as a result, an investigation was conducted and fraud was uncovered in the organization. So having a whistleblower mechanism is incredibly important. And then to develop a zero tolerance culture to fraud, one must lead by example and set the tone from the top. And so if you as a business leader, if you as senior management act ethically and you make decisions with integrity and if you are faced with you know, fraudulent incidents in the organization and you deal with those effectively and you know you don't just try to rub it under the carpet, um, that goes a long way in sending the message throughout the organization that we as an organization will not tolerate um, this kind of behavior in the organization. So these are just some of the measures that organizations can implement to try and tackle fraud and other commercial crimes. Most definitely, we need to start tackling these uh, commercial crimes and fraud um, cases because at the end of the day, um, times are tough in South Africa and globally. So we need to be able to look after every penny.
in, in, in terms of what we keep on seeing around this time of the year, um, crimes such as, you know, the, the robberies that happen um, in, in banks and the car heists and, you know, hijackings, how can we curb those? I heard you earlier say that be vigilant when you're driving. But at times, us being vigilant, especially when you're tired and you're going home, all you can think about is, I just want to get home. What sort of vigilance should we have before driving into our homes, before entering into a bank, um, before getting into a filling station, because at this time of the year, even going into a filling station, you you never know who's lurking around. So what sort of tips do you have for us there? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we're most vulnerable when we're tired or when we're in a situation of urgency or emergency, etc. And when it comes to that, I always... I always advise um, our clients at CMS that, you know what, what you should do is always plan ahead, plan ahead and also make it a habit to be vigilant so that it comes a second nature. And what I have personally done, for example, when I drive, I've always made it a point to, to look around my surroundings when I stop at a robot. You know, it's very easy to get distracted by, for example, looking at an individual on the right-hand side or looking at a beautiful car that might be parked next to you at the robot. But what you should do is make it a habit to consider your surroundings. You know, see what's happening around your car when you're at a robot. Or if you're approaching a robot and you're not the first car in front, always leave enough gap between your car and the car in front so that if something has to happen, you've got enough room to move, maneuver around. And one example I can use is, let's say, for example, you're taking an off-ramp and there's a double lane to turn left. Don't stick in the left lane. Go into the right-hand lane and leave enough space between your car and the car in front so that if you notice that you, uh, you know, another car is trying to block you in, you've given yourself enough space to be able to immediately drive out. So, you know, that's just a tip from a hijacking perspective. Don't leave things um, lying on, on, on the seat of your, your, you know, in your passenger seat, uh, you know, handbags and the like. You know, be wary of those kind of things. Check that you've locked your vehicles when you go to a mall. Um, if you need to fill petrol, if you see your car is, is running short of petrol, you know, don't rush off to the petrol station in the evening. Rather, do it, you do it during the day. You know, avoid finding yourself in a situation where you have to fill petrol um, in a remote area at, at late at night, etc. So consciously think about those things. If you need to withdraw money from the bank, you know, plan ahead where you're going to withdraw the money, etc. Perhaps consider doing it in a mall as opposed to an ATM that might be in more of a secluded area. Don't feel shy to look behind you and watch if you've been followed, etc. It's your life and your safety um, that's particularly important. Um, and so these are just some of the tips, you know, and I know it does go, go back to the point of being vigilant, but I think if we make it a daily practice, it sort of becomes second nature. It, it is unfortunate that we have to live like that, but at the end of the day, it's, it's prevention is better than cure, because in my experience dealing with these incidents, you know, post um, being faced with these incidents is, is a lot more difficult, you know, than taking proactive measures that one needs to take uh, to prevent being a victim of these kinds of crimes. Here's a message that came in via WhatsApp from Anonymous. Uh, Anonymous says, Hi Patricia, I was dismissed for not wanting to take the vaccine. I then lodged a complaint online at CCMA, but didn't realize it was the link of scammers called employment law experts. They negotiated a one-month salary with the company that dismissed me. 
These scammers never paid me the money. I am just concerned about other people that will make the same mistake. Now, obviously, um, this is from Anonymous. We don't know this company and the link that Anonymous clicked. But what can Anonymous do? How can Anonymous try and, and trace this particular company that has scammed them? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that Anonymous can do. I think one would be to register a criminal case with the South African Police Service. Um, that would definitely be a first step um, to try and get this matter investigated criminally. Um, and also, you know, alert the CCMA, for example, that there is a scam so that the CCMA can also potentially put a notice on its website. Um, you know, that there is the scam going around. The other thing that Anonymous has done, which I think is 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 really good, is sending the WhatsApp on the show tonight because it's certainly raising awareness amongst all of the listeners out there of these kinds of scams. And it does bring me to a point that, unfortunately, with this entire COVID pandemic, what has happened is, you know, scammers have found new ways to perpetrate these types of frauds because people are vulnerable out there. And this has started from from last year when we went into lockdown and there was all this uncertainty around COVID. You know, a lot of fraudsters had set up fake charity organizations, etc., and unsuspecting members of the public had fallen victim to that. And I think that in Anonymous's case, register a uh, criminal case with the police, uh, alert the CCMA to that. Um, also, uh, you know, look at um, organizations such as Corruption Watch, um, etc. They they might be able to assist as well. Um, you know, uh, I think legal aid as well, giving them a call to see how they might be able to assist Anonymous with taking the matter forward would definitely be some of the steps that I'll, that I would advise Anonymous do. Um, but in addition to that, I think to all the listeners out there, you know, when it comes to receiving uh, these kinds of messages with people, you know, try to assist you, etc., what you should do is do your homework independently of the information that you receive from those SMSs, etc. So find, you know, try to see if you can find the legitimate organizations on the Internet. Um, try to see if you can visit you know, at least uh, physical premises, you know, see if they've got a legitimate address and that sort of thing. So, you know, do, do your background homework before you enter into any sort of arrangement or business type arrangement with any individual or organization. Zakir, thank you so very much for joining us and giving us all those tips. Have a good evening. You're most welcome, Patricia. Thank you very much. A-teamers, it's time for us to go to Greg Hose for the final news update for this evening. Good evening, Greg.